0: Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Mike Gallo, and Mike is here to talk about his novel, No More Games. Let me tell you just a little bit about Mike. He calls himself a sports enthusiast and an endless dreamer. He's taught social studies and language arts to middle school students as well as adults. He spent countless hours grading and evaluating his students' writing while he put his own passion and desire to write off to the side and sort of ignored it for a while. But his wife... Gave him the nod of support and encouragement, and she said, go for it, and so he decided to pursue his goal of writing a novel. Mike, the first thing I want to say is congratulations on writing that novel, and welcome to Books on Air. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: You know, it's always wonderful to hear somebody finally do that novel that's been in the back of their head for a long time, and I am always, always, always curious one thing that just occurred to me one day, as I as I was about to do an interview with somebody, is that every single book that we read, whether it's doesn't matter if it's fiction, nonfiction, it doesn't matter what kind of book, it doesn't matter children's book, it doesn't matter, they all have two stories. There's the story that the reader gets when they pick up the book and read it from cover to cover. But then there's always that second story, and the second story is always a secret. The second story is how did that book come into being? So how did No More Games come into being for you? Where would you get the idea? Tell me about it.
1: Sure. So this was a, a, a short story that I actually wrote in a creative writing class when I was in college at Purdue University back in the late 90s. and. I wrote it, and just being a young man, um, at the time I thought it was was pretty decent, but I knew there was more to the story. I knew there was more than just a short story there, and so it really wasn't until COVID hit in in the year 2020 where um, we were all just kind of forced to stay home and, and just, you know, go into all sorts of personal reflection on things that I really kind of had time to, to dive into, to that story again. And the one thing with COVID, I think we all found out that was that when you, when you miss out on your friends and and some of those interactions, um, you realize how important that is to you. And so um, the story really is, is about friendships. And as I kind of reflected on just missing my friends and being able to see people that I kind of had, had taken for granted. Um, that story I, that I'd written back in the late nineties came back into my mind and I knew I wanted to revisit it and just taking long walks and just reflecting on, on everything. I, it just, the voices and the characters just really came back to me and, and I really dove right in and um, sat down at the computer, wasn't really sure what was going to happen But as I started to explore it, the the story really just kind of came exploding out of me.
0: Let's give our listeners an overview of the book.
1: Sure. Um, So No More Games, if you look at the cover, it looks like a baseball book. It looks like a baseball story. But that's so far from from what it actually is. Uh, the, The book itself is about um, a man who revisits the summer that defines his life. He he sees his son come to him and and, he, and his son is struggling with the same issues of self-doubt that he had as a young man. And he, he had a rough childhood growing up or, or less than ideal childhood growing up. And he didn't want to see his son stumble upon and keep those same issues with self-doubt kind of holding him back. So, he goes back and he revisits that summer that that really shaped and defined his life. And um I was a I, I was a person who grew up um in the eighties and nineties. And so for me, everything was my, my friends. Um my parents worked, so everything revolved around just playing games with with my friends, whether that was baseball or basketball or football. Um and so the story is really following this main character, David, his journey, um, into discovering himself and, and really kind of learning that where you are in life doesn't have to determine where you're going to be in life.
0: How much of you is in the book? How much of you is David and were there other people that influenced the characters?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, and and I think the one thing that I really enjoy about the main character David is, um, I think in a lot of ways he's a reflection of all of us. Um, we're all filled with self doubt, some more than others, but each of us has a special talent and ability. We we just need to find that that person or that thing that really brings that out in us. So there's there's a lot of David in me. Um, I, I I'd heard people say that. I had a talent for writing, but I never really acknowledged that, or I was just too afraid to kind of follow through on that. Um, and so the main character, David, um, he has baseball ability, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to believe in himself. It's not until other people around him push him, um, beyond like where he's comfortable going that he realizes his full potential. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of what happened with this book, where um, I just didn't believe in myself until this story came out. And then people started to read it and and started to tell me, you need to make this into a book. You need you need to go and try to get this published.
0: Gosh, you're making my brain explode. I'm thinking about (laughs) all kinds of stuff. First of all, who was the first person to encourage you to write?
1: Um, I, my, my family, um, I, I have some people that are just really talented writers. So I, I, have just been around people that, um, would just always send very thoughtful notes or letters as a kid. And so I think that just was more ingrained in me than, than somebody actually telling me to write. Um, but I, I will say, uh, I think most of us, our our spouse can be our biggest supporter but also our biggest critic. And and my wife is no different. And so when I when I did this project I, I, I did it kind of in secret because again with COVID, um we were all kind of working at our computers. So I I think she just assumed that I was working and I was just at my computer for a couple hours a day. And then a couple hours turned into four hours and then four hours turned into six and eight. And then so finally she kind of asked like what I was doing at my computer like all day, every day. <laughs>
0: I'll bet.
1: <laughs> and so so I I had to I had to confess. I'm like, well, I, I I think I'm writing a book. Um and so when I gave it to her to read, um, and when she was blown away by it, that that just kind of validated for me because she she can be a very tough critic, but like when she she really said wow this this is amazing you need to you need to pursue this and for me that was that was the validation i needed that said okay this this might be pretty good
0: what i always hope mike is that somebody is listening to us who has been harboring the same goal idea feeling that quote i have a novel or i have a book inside me that i want to write and it it's Undertaking that is no small project to undertake. Tell me a little bit about your process. I'm curious about how your mind works. How do you write? Do you, are you an outliner? Do you sit down and outline? I mean, like Jeff Deaver sits down and, and he outlines everything that he's going to do with his book, and then all he kind of has to do is fill in the blank. But then some of the other writers that I've interviewed sit down and they're, they call themselves pantsers, and they, by the seat of their pants, it's like they sit down at their computer and the movie starts in their head and they're recording what they see as the movie plays in their head for them. What's what happens with you? What's your process?
1: I think for, for me with this, because I was revisiting an old story that I'd written, I already kind of had the outline um in my head and then written out. But as I got going and the 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 characters this this is a very character driven story. The interactions and the struggles that they that they deal with in, in their life, and um, wanting more than than what they have, but not knowing that, not how to find that. So I had the outline, but but once I got going, the, the characters wrote the book for me, um, and it was I almost felt like it was my job to, to to tell their story, and even though everybody in the story is is fictitious. Um, as, as an educator and a teacher, um, just being around kids and people for years and years, you understand that everybody has a story to tell. And sometimes as a teacher and educator, it's your job to to tell that story or to shine light on that story. And so that's how I really viewed that with, with these characters. And even when I would take a break and I would go for a walk or I would do something else, these characters were were speaking to me. So... When I had the original outline, I thought the story was going to go one direction. The, the characters kind of took me in a, in a different direction. And um, it really became a – when I when I started off, I thought it was going to be kind of a tragedy. And then the story just ended up being a, a really uplifting and encouraging type story of, again, just not letting where you are in life now define like where you're going to be.
0: You know, what you just described to me is the brain and the, the process of a very creative person. It's to someone who doesn't get this, it sounds a little bit crazy. I mean, I've written fiction myself. I understand exactly what you mean. And the characters do write the story, which really sounds nuts, but they do Mm -hmm. write the story. And a character won't do something that it would not normally do. If, even if you try to write it n- into a situation, it won't work it won't let you do that. The characters themselves will guide you through the story it's the strangest it's the strangest thing to describe to someone who's never written fiction. I remember when i was i've written a fiction I've written a novel, never been published, but I've written a novel and I had to get it out i had to there was a compulsion there that I mm-hmm. had to get this out of me. And they, the characters, would wake me up at night in dreams. I would have these just vivid dreams about some scene that that I was working on with a character. And if you don't get up at that three o'clock in the morning and go somewhere with a a pad or a pen or come in and turn on the computer and slap down what you just dreamed, it evaporates. Yeah. And yeah, it's Absolutely. just this. It's a magical process, and. You've just described that exactly. I've heard so many very successful fiction writers describe the way that they write exactly the way that you just did. And I also really like the fact that you've tied in what you do for a living. You and I were having a conversation offline before we started talking and recording about the students and about how teaching English teaching something like that and being around the students changes the way you look at the world and Mm -hmm. you just brought that home I thought by talking about how that influenced what you put in the book I just I wanted to say that because I think it's really important and I want us to encourage somebody if there's somebody out there that's thinking about writing a book Sit down and start. And you said the other thing that I think is important. You talked about that you started out writing maybe an hour, two hours. All of a sudden, it expanded to three, four, five, six hours a day. That's what happens with a writer. And writers need to write every day, especially if it's fiction. Because if you don't write every day, at least something, you may throw that away, but Mm -hmm. write at least something so that you keep in touch with your characters and you keep in touch with your story, and that's what I heard happen to you. Your momentum just gathered. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, ab- absolutely. And the, the 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 core theme of of the book is overcoming self doubt. The, the The main character David is filled with this self doubt. He's he's the younger on the younger end of his friends, so he's always been. Physically um, smaller, and so even though he has these these talents as they relate to baseball, and and he's a good looking kid, he never really sees that because he's always comparing himself to somebody else. And the the story was kind of the same way the process. So I, you know, you start or I started, and I, I just had this this self doubt. You know, I I I thought I could do this, but I just wasn't sure what was really going to come of this. Mm -hmm. And then as, as I, as I kind of went and I just stumbled and, you know, kind of found my way and the characters found their voice, the, the self doubt really started to evaporate just kind of like it does for the main character in the book. And, and like you said, it's, it's, it is, it's the characters that, that drive that. And, you know, you wake up and it's like, I, I have got to get to the computer right away or, You tell somebody, yeah, I'm going to do that in 10 minutes. And then next thing you know, you've wasted, not wasted, but you've spent (laughs) another two hours because you're just like, this has to come out. I I have to tell, I have to tell this story.
0: And you just fall into their world. I mean, I don't know how how to say it any other way. You just fall into the world that you're creating with this group of characters. I remember I was on a plane once and I I had a, a just a tablet with me, just to write on the plane. And I was sitting there, and I had to kill a character because it just had Mm. to be done. And I remember I started sort of crying, and there was a guy sitting next to me, and he said, are you all right? And I actually looked at this guy and said, well, yes, but I'm having to kill a character. He tried to kind of move away a little. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not what you want to hear from somebody. You're sitting next to you on a plane. But you fall into the world and you fall into the action of the characters. And there's a reality there that you go to that it, if there's someone out there listening to us, they think we're both crazy, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But if someone listening to us has started to write fiction or has tried to write fiction or written a short story or two, they know exactly what we're talking about. There's a reality there that happens around this fictionalized world. And these characters have faces and they do things and they have quirks and they have actions. And they are not the faces of actors. They are the faces of just people that come to you in your head. Who knows where that person looking like that came from? But mm-hmm. there they are. And so when you describe them, you see them.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. I could not have said that more eloquently because, you know, I started off thinking, you know, I grew up with the movies like Stand by Me and and The Sandlot, and those those were kind of what I envisioned, like that, you know, those summer just with your friends and the, the characters in this, this story. And again, I, I was just writing this for me. Uh, I, I, I wasn't starting, um, with the intention of, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to be doing interviews and, and all these things. This, this was just for me. And I wanted to honor the friendships that I I'd had as a kid, but, um, something along the way, this, this, this story that I was writing about this kid and who was struggling with self-confidence and he didn't know how to handle the issues that were going on at home. Um, something that's kind of turned into a love story um, because there's a, there's a girl in this, this small town that all the boys kind of look, look, look up to, um, or They you know, she's kind of like the wow girl and um, kind of like going back and rediscovering or re- revisiting those awkward years in my life when you're, you're transitioning from a teenager into a young adult. And I, I think that was probably the most rewarding thing about writing this is, A lot of people knew that I was I was a baseball guy and I coached and so they just kind of expected it to be a book about baseball and and, and, um, kind of just on the surface but then when they read it and they read the love story that's in there they were just shocked at at all the elements that were involved and that was something that I really didn't see going into the process Um, but it's almost more of a love story than it is about anything else
0: I really like the way that our conversation is going. This is just it's so interesting and it's it's so much fun for me to talk to authors about their ideas and the passion that you have for what's happened with this book is very obvious, Mike. Who do you think is your audience? Who do you think will enjoy reading this book?
1: Uh, so I've heard from a lot of different people um which which is really what what's so exciting for me is I I don't think this appeals to a specific audience. Um, I have, I have three teenagers. I have a, a daughter who is a freshman in high school, a son who's a sophomore and then a son who's a freshman in college. And I think when I wrote it, I thought, well, this is going to be kind of like a, a modern day outsiders. It's really going to appeal to kids in high school. And my kids have read it and, and they have all loved it. And again, like, there nobody likes what what your parents do like when you're teenagers, so the fact that they liked it um <laughs> said a lot. but I've heard from people from men and women that are as old as their seventies that have loved it um and then people more in in their thirties and forties that love it so because there there is a nostalgic feel to it um so the story starts off in today's world it's it's a man reflecting on that that summer that defined him so he goes back to the early 90s when when he was a young man and it takes it, it takes us back to that time where there were no cell phones and there there was no technology and so unfortunately as we know friendships today are much different than they were back in those times just because of of technology and and there's um it it's a lot more difficult to to stay um connected with people back then but then again the relationships in that period in the early 90s and and prior to that, prior to technology seemed to be a lot more authentic because you had to develop the relationship. You you had to talk to people. You had to convey your emotions face-to-face where technology has kind of taken that away from us and especially for younger kids today.
0: Oh, I really like what you just said about that because I agree with you. I think that, you know, I know everybody since the Greeks have said, oh, this younger generation, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But in this case, I think that you got the the idea. But the pre technology and the technology that we're in now has to, because of the nature of what's happened with the kids and the and the young people, not even just like high school and college, but you can't you can't go anywhere and not see that people bury themselves in their phones, you know, and they've got electronics is everywhere, and people are so attuned to it. Before that happened, you had to do things. You had to say, okay, I'll meet you so-and-so and so-and-so. And -and And if you didn't show up, well, nobody had anything that you couldn't tell anybody that you couldn't come because, Mm -hmm. you know, something happened to your car or whatever, you couldn't get there. It's changed the way that we are with each other, and I agree with you. I think that's an excellent point to make pre-technology. The world was very different then from a human being standpoint because we did have to talk to each other. It it drives me nuts to see people in a restaurant sitting there texting each other and they're sitting side by side. I saw the saddest thing the other day. Uh, There was a grandfather sitting in a restaurant with two kids, obviously his grandchildren. The two kids were on their phones and he was just sitting there and mm-hmm. I thought that was the saddest thing that I had seen in a long time. And I thought, wow. and you talking about pre- and post-technology, I think, really brings that home. You and I can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. I'm having oh, way yeah. too much fun chatting <laughs> with you about all this. The book Likewise. is just, oh, I know, it's just, it's so much fun. Did you learn anything about yourself that surprised you when you went through this process? Because this is not an easy process.
1: I, I think I learned again just overcoming self doubt. Um, for me, that's that's just a big thing. It, it's what drove the book, but it's it's also what drove me. And now in this process of of promoting the book and and sharing the book with with people there still is that self doubt. I, I I love the book. It's a great story. And everybody that's read it, the reviews that have come in have been overwhelmingly positive, but there's still that self doubt in me that that says, well, what if this person doesn't like it or, or what if, what if, what if? Um, And so for me, it's just, it's continually battling that, that self doubt. But I, I think this, this process has affirmed that if, if you work hard, and, and again, I'm a firm believer, kind of like the the main character in the book, that that we all have a special talent. Every single person on this earth has a special talent. It's finding that what that talent is, and, and pushing through that. And and that's really what this this has done for me is it's it showed that everybody has something they can do. I I, I knew I could write. I had I had done some some blogging, but I'd never sat down and, and written a book. And so for me, it just confirmed that if you really do work hard, crazy things happen. I never thought you and I would ever connect. And I never thought, and we spoke about that too, how it's just crazy how the world brings people together. And that's, that's part of this process. Um, and that's just, what's been so rewarding for me to to kind of learn about myself.
0: Do your students know about the book? Uh,
1: so they do. Um, I, I am a horrible, so here, here you and I are talking, we're doing an interview <laughs> and I'm, I am a horrible self promoter. I was just, I was raised um, in the Midwest, and I was just taught humility. So I, I really don't like to to talk about myself and and do a lot of self promotion. Um, but I did share that that I did write this book, and some of them have have read it. And again, they've they have had such overwhelming responses. Now again, I don't know if that's just because they want to get a get a good grade. <laughs> yeah, suck um, up.
0: Let me suck up to the teacher. Right. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so there's again, there's always like that self doubt of like, well is this really how you feel? Um, but no, they've 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 just loved it too. And um for me that's 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 a powerful message because right now I'm working with adults who are coming back to school to earn their high school diploma. So I, I'm working every day with people that are on a journey that's that's difficult. It's, it's not traditional. Their uh, high school didn't work out the first time for them. So they're, they're overcoming that self doubt every time they walk through the door. And I, I think the book resonates with them, especially because they can really relate to what's going on in there. And one thing that, that that's asked throughout the book um, by the main character, he asked multiple people in his life in the story, he asked them point blank, do you think people can change? And he asked his grandfather this, and he asked his friend this, and he asked his mother this, and he asked the girl that he's he's falling in love with. And they, they all have different answers. But I, I think my students here really relate to that because they're trying to change, that they're going through a big change in their life. And so um that really resonates with them and, and really it resonates with anybody who is a reader that That likes, you know, looking at things that that are motivating and um, that may be in a spot where they're looking to make a change or to find some inspiration in their life.
0: I think the self-doubt that you voiced is self-doubt that we all have. Uh, Anytime you put something that is part of your heart and soul out there for the public, whatever it is, um, you're exposing yourself. And there's always that deep breath. What's going to happen? And when. When you get the positive feedback, it feels good. But when you get the negative feedback, it feels so horrible. It's like somebody stabbed you in the back or in the heart. Or in, you know, it's it's terrible. I get that. I, I've I've felt the same way about things, but you did exactly what I do. You just sort of took a deep breath, sucked it up, as it were, and did it. And mm-hmm. so I'm saying congratulations. What a wonderful thing you've done. We've got to tell these people where the book is available. You and I could just keep talking and talking and talking because we're so on the same page with the ideas that we have about um, writing and and the whole thing about both of us having teaching experience in our background. Just, that changes you in itself. And we've just said so many things that I hope that our, our listeners can hear and will take into consideration because the book is wonderful. Let's tell them where they can find it. Now, it's on Amazon and it, it'll be very easy for you to find because the, all the spelling is easy. Sometimes the books that I do, the, the books are not easy and the spelling's not easy. But the title of Michael's book is No More Games by Mike. M-I-K-E Gallo, G-A-L-L-O. Now, if you put that in your search feature there on Amazon and just click on it, the book comes up. Upper right-hand corner, if you've never done this, there are two words that appear in that upper right-hand corner of the representation of the cover. Look inside. Click on the look inside and take the moments that it will take you to read that excerpt that's right there on Amazon that will make you fall into the book into the characters understand the kinds of things that Mike and I have been talking about and you'll want to buy the book you can do it right there on that page but I know that some of our listeners like to buy their books from other places because Amazon is such a a big corporation they prefer to give somebody else the business so Mike is the book available other places
1: yeah, they they can buy directly through my publisher, Libris, by going to www.nomoregamesbook.com. They can also find it at barnesandnoble.com. It's also on Goodreads. So it you can really find it anywhere out there, but the easiest place if you're if you're looking to to get it directly um, would be www.nomoregamesbook.com. <laughs>
0: Now, you've got a book trailer on YouTube. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so, again, if you go to YouTube and you search No More Games book, you'll be able to find that trailer as well. It's it's a minute long, but it gives a just a quick synopsis, again, of how there's the, the main character, David. He has talents in baseball, and he has less than an ideal home life. He's He's kind of balancing that point in his life where he's looking to – leave his friends that maybe aren't the best influences in his life and he's got this 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 relationship and he's falling in love with a girl and and things aren't aren't going great at home and it all kind of comes together through through the baseball field.
0: Now, I know that you're you're the social you're not really doing a bunch of social media but you do have an author page on Facebook. Let's tell our listeners how to find you on Facebook. Sure, if
1: they search Mike Gallo author of No More Games. They can find the Facebook page there. Uh, Typically what I do there is I will post some videos about my creative process, information about the book. If they're looking for more excerpts on the book, they can find those on that page as well. And um, I also do some blogging. So there's a link to, to my blog that's on there as well.
0: Excellent. Now, I always like to let an author have the last word about their work because Every author that I have ever interviewed has a passion about what they've written. When our listeners become readers and they pick up a copy of No More Games and they read it and they're on that last page, they finish the last page and either electronically or physically, they close that back cover, what do you want them to leave with from the book? Is there a big takeaway that you want them to have any thoughts that you want to give them?
1: Yeah. I, I, again, I think we've touched on this earlier, but the main character, David, I, I really believe that he's a reflection of of all of us. And he starts, at the, the beginning of the book, he starts as as an adult, a father. But the, the, the bulk of the book follows that, that summer that defines him. So but we, we kind of get to see the arc of his life. And again, we're all filled with self-doubt. But but each of us has a special ability and a special talent, and the, the the constant theme through this book is just tapping into that and understanding that where you are in life right now does not have to define where you're going to be in life.
0: Mike, you have just been so. Delightful. This has been fun for me to talk with you. You've done a terrific job on this book. Congratulations on sitting down and actually writing that novel that's been inside you. Thank you for being my guest on Books on Air. It's just been wonderful.
1: Yeah, thank you. This this was maybe the quickest uh, 30 minutes. I don't even know how long we were on here, but this this flew by. This was great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> my pleasure. Now, remember, you can find a copy of No More games by Mike Gallo on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join me for my next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.